the very first um, prophecy of Jesus is found in Genesis, the very, very, very beginning of Genesis, where it talks about the seed of the woman, which there is no seed of woman, seed comes from men. So there's something a little odd about that statement. So what does that mean? The virgin birth. It means that this that the Messiah comes through a virgin, because the seed is in, is the woman's seed. It's it came it's it's overshadowed by God, and the seed. So she was, she bore, you know, Yeshua as the Son of God. So that was all the way very at the very beginning. So we knew that. You know, people are like, oh, they didn't know. Well, it says it right there at the very beginning of the entire of the entire Bible. It says it at the very, very beginning. So it wasn't a surprise. No surprises there. No surprises. The fall was not a surprise to God. None of this was a surprise. He knew about all of it. Not only that, but he actually baked in when he made the ingredients and he put it in the oven. He baked Jesus in at the very beginning and he just was revealed. So he set aside a certain lineage, a certain group, a bloodline. And that's why he's from the line of the tribe of Judah, you know, and then he talks about the son, the son of David, right? Because he's from David's lineage. So you, so like people say, well, why are those, you know, at the beginning of the, of the gospels, it has all that lineage in there because it's showing you the lineage on both sides, actually, even though the seed didn't come from Joseph, it actually shows on both sides, but obviously through Mary's seed line, see how that works. So, and the other thing that's really cool about that is, you know, people always talk about, equity and all the Marxist words they use now um, related to how women are mistreated, people with different skin colors are mistreated and all this kind of stuff. But if you'll look in the scriptures, you'll see that women are always put propped up in the scriptures because, I mean, Jesus came through Mary. That's a pretty big deal. I mean, <laughs> if you want to say, oh, women are not treated right. Oh, I would say that's not true when it comes to God. He put them, he put women up on a very high pedestal he actually chose the woman because he, he's God. He can create it however he wants. <laughs> he created man and woman, and he put his seed, the seed line of the Messiah through the woman. That's pretty big uh, testimony right there. If you thought that women were mistreated in the Bible, I can tell you this right now, they definitely were not. Oh, and women shouldn't do this, and women shouldn't do that. Nonsense. Women, a woman bore the Messiah. A woman bore the Messiah of the whole universe. That's really high level right there. I don't think anybody should be telling women anything that they can't be doing. Anyway, that's just my opinion as a guy. Um, and I believe that's also God's opinion in the scriptures. So the seed line was saved, right? So there was a, there, they didn't know what was gonna happen. They didn't know that, um, they didn't know about Yahweh because they had forgotten. They created fables and myths about where they came from. All different fables and myths. You'll see it. You know, you have the, um, you know, these, these, these ancient writings they find. You know, the Epic of Gilgamesh is one of them, you know. They don't know where they're from. They knew that, they all remembered the flood, though. They all remember that, right? Everybody talks about the flood, but they don't know where they came from. So they have, well, we came from here, and we came from there, and it's from the stars, and this, that, and the other. And then Ab Abraham is, is, Receives by revelation through the angel, the language, Hebrew. This is the language of creation. Let me teach you the Hebrew language. You don't remember it anymore because of Babel. All the languages were confused. So the angel taught Abram, at the time he was Abram, he taught Abram the language of creation, which is Hebrew language. 
This is the language we spoke at the beginning. This is the language that they that you always everybody knew this language, but you don't know it anymore. I'm going to tell you about it. So he teaches them Hebrew. Then he teaches them about where we actually came from and how Yahweh is El Elohim. You know, he is he is the Elohim above all Elohims. He is so all of these other um, you know, uh, strange little myth, mythical stories that they were created. These are all not true. Let me show you what it really was. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, he separated, he spoke light, and then he separated the light and the darkness. In the beginning. So this was carried through Abraham, through Isaac, through Jacob, and then eventually we have what? We have them in Egypt. And this, this message is, is shared throughout all of the Jews. They know where we come from. They worship Yahweh, the one true God, right? But they forgot. They're in Egypt. They forgot again. Because now there's all these others, right? So Moses has his experience with the burning bush. And he learns yet again, I am that I am, right? He speaks to, to Moses and he tells him, take your shoes off. You're on holy ground, right? So there's Moses there in front of the burning bush. And so he delivers the message and he becomes the spokesperson for Yahweh. Yahweh has a message for the Pharaoh and he chose Moses to speak that message. Now, Pharaoh's hard, heart was hardened and it was hardened by Yahweh himself because the the Israelites needed to leave so that they could go worship Yahweh. They could get out of this land with all of these mixed gods and these other lovers that had nothing to do with it. And he said, I will have a covenant with you. I'm going to marry you. So he brings them into the desert to marry them. And he brings them to Sinai to marry them. And that didn't go very well because um, they really didn't get it. <laughs> so Moses goes up on the mountain. He comes down. He's got the cubes, right? Because we know that they aren't tablets. They're cubes. So they were these cubes where the writing was inside of the cube. They were transparent. They were made from the, from the ground up there in heaven, right? So we know that. This is, this, is, uh, this is in the scriptures. You can see it. So he breaks them. <laughs> God wrote those. <laughs> but Moses breaks them because he sees them making a calf, a golden calf and worshiping it. So now here comes another foreign god. You know, so there's always this back and forth. But so what's happening is, is he's bringing them into this place where, where they know and that we know there, are, there is no other. There is nobody else. That's what you need to know. It's just you and Yahweh through Yeshua. There is no one else. Don't bring in other things. That has nothing to do with him. He loves us. Don't go worship your church. That's an idol. Don't go worship your traditions. That's an idol. Be done with it. Appreciate things for what they are, but don't worship them. Don't go after them. Don't treat them as something holy when they're not. They're just a tradition. It's a nice tradition, and it's a good reminder. All of these things are great reminders. But what do we have? We have relationship with Yahweh through Yeshua, through his son. So this line was saved, okay, because we had issues <laughs> with polluted bloodlines. We had Nephilim created through these polluted bloodlines. Not good. You're like, oh, that sounds uh, like that's a fairy tale, giants. The giants are all throughout the scripture, people. Read your Bibles. You know, I mean, everyone thinks this is some like strange doctrine. It's nothing strange about it. Look up Nephilim in the, in the Hebrew. Look up the giants. There's tons of scriptures about giants in there. They killed them all. 
Well, where do they come from? Well, it says there too. They came because of the, of the angels that came down, the watcher angels and the women, and they created the Nephilim. That is a polluted bloodline. That's not good. Those creatures, those beings that were created through that, they do not have a, a bodily resurrection. They're still here. Okay, so that's a whole other teaching. But this is, you can see why. Why did God need to preserve that bloodline? Because well, we had a lot of funky stuff going on. Stuff that they would like you to not know about, but we have the record. The record's in the scripture. So anyway, so this is what God did. And so he saved a holy people, a people. Now holy is set apart people unto himself. And who are these people? Anybody? Anybody? But who were the originals? The original olive tree was Israel. Israel, remember? Emmanuel. Israel. Oh, Israel, right? The song, Emmanuel, God with us. Israel is the is the, the place and the, the people that God chose to reveal salvation to the world. He revealed it through Israel. Israel is amazing. We should, as Christians, always support Israel. Any Christian that doesn't support Israel doesn't know their Bible. Support the people. What about the land? The land belongs to the... Listen, the land is the Lord's. Support the people, okay? Support the people, the Jewish people. The, this is where the Messiah came through. So yeah, there are beings on the planet that really can't stand Israel because they, they were the ones that were responsible for their utter and complete defeat 2,000 years ago. They remember. How could you forget that? The Bible says that when Jesus rose from the dead, that the light that came from him disfigured them. They don't even look the same anymore. They were like, <laughs> so they're really, they're not, you would remember that. So they remember, and that's why they despise Israel, and they despise us too. But who cares? It's not, that's not their problem. We're here, and it's not our problem. We're here to demonstrate the kingdom of heaven on the earth. So God is saving this. Israel, throughout time, all sorts of funny stuff was happening. Everybody tries to destroy Israel. I mean, they were carried into captivity in Babylon. That's pretty bad. You'd think they'd get completely wiped out there, but no, they didn't. You'd think they'd lose all the writings. No, they didn't. They did not read it. They did not lose it. And if you see, they even have a, a Babylonian Talmud where they're all discussing the scriptures. The, the Babylonian Talmud is just a, like a, just a random discussion. You know, Some people had some really crazy ideas in the Talmud, but it's all written down. Why is it written down? Because they never left it. They still had the law. They had the prophets. They know their origin. They know the, the language of creation. They know all of it. It's all preserved. Who preserved it? Yahweh preserved it because Yahweh knows how to preserve things. <laughs> he knows how to keep secrets. He knows how to make things. He knows how to preserve things. If he makes it, he sustains it. That's a good thing to remember. If God makes a thing, he sustains that thing. People are like, well, that, he didn't sustain that. Well, maybe that wasn't the Lord. <laughs> you, you can ask yourself that question. Maybe it was. Maybe it is sustained. You just don't realize it. But whatever God makes, whatever he's, he, he makes, he sustains. You can have faith in that. People who are worried, what about this? What about that? What about America? People want to know about America. Well, if you study America's roots, you'll find that that was based on a contract between Yahweh, between God, and the original Magna Carta was the contract, not the, um, you know, we, we had other contracts later, but the first one was the Magna Carta. And that was between us and the Lord. There were no other parties involved in that. And, and God will sustain that. And if you, if, if we remember where we come from, because we have enemies and they have, ah, they're, being all mean with us, right? They're, they're trying to threaten our country and threaten us. 
But God will raise up a standard to that. He always does. Why is that? Because we have an agreement with him. This country is a country that is set apart for the Lord. It is a, a country that is a shining light on a hill, not a light of, of, of capitalism or a light of democracy. This is a light of the freedom that only God can bring. You can't get this through a man because men in their own fallen mindset will corrupt it because of sin. But God, the things that God gives us are holy and pure and right. So anyway, so he's carrying through this bloodline till the coming of the Messiah because guess what? We needed to be saved. We couldn't even figure out our own language. We didn't even know what our language was. We knew nothing. We had angels coming down. We had all sorts of weird stuff going on. People were killing everyone. I mean, lots of violence, lots of bloodshed, lots of ignorance, tons and tons of ignorance. The people that are there to actually help you, they carry them off into captivity and persecute them relentlessly. We're, those are the ones that are supposed to help you. But nope, no, nope, they just persecuted them, right? So this happens over and over again until the coming of the Messiah, which was 2,000 years ago, right? So we know this, and we know that God spoke not only through Moses, not only through Abram, but also through, a whole, through David, who is a prophet. David's a prophet. You read the Psalms. There's, it's prophecy all throughout the Psalms. And lots of prophecies about his lineage and who was going to come through his lineage, through David's lineage, which is the Messiah. Lots of prophecy in Psalms, right? Then we have Isaiah, beautiful, very specific about the coming of Jesus. And then you have Daniel, who actually predicted to the week, <laughs> to the exact time when Jesus would come. That's how do you think that the, that the Magi knew? They studied after Daniel. They were Magi. They were magicians. They studied the stars. They studied the prophecy. They had relationship with Yahweh. They knew that this was the time of the coming of the Messiah. That's how they knew. It wasn't just the stars. It was the prophecies. They knew what the week, the 49 weeks, they knew about it. Okay. Now, a lot of this stuff is covered up because we have a lot of funny, <laughs> mythical, traditional Christian teaching right now, but all of this is in the Bible. And if you just read it for what it says, it's very clear. So here come the Magi. Everybody knows. And then we have shepherds out in the, in the field keeping watch over their flocks. Well, what kind of flocks are these? These are sacrificial lambs. Those are priests. They're shepherd priests. And they're out there in the field. That's why the angels are coming to them. The spotless lamb of God has come. Right? So they're prophesying, but there they are. Now we do know, just to clarify, it did not happen in December. We know that for a fact. This, this, but it is a good reminder time. So we can remind ourselves of these things. Okay, so it's fine. It's totally fine. So we remind ourselves of, of what God did for us through Jesus, that he preserved himself. He preserved himself. He preserved the bloodline for him to come through so that the lamb was without spot. The lamb was without blemish. There was nothing at all wrong. He was perfect. And why was he there? Well, he was there to take on the sins of the world. God wasn't punishing him because he was angry with us. Sin, we're the ones that did that to him, not God. But it was sin itself that he took into his own body as us so that we would be free from sin. So you got to understand this. We aren't talking about a, an, a mean God of the Old Testament, a nice God of the New Testament, that is hogwash. That comes from some very evil men developed that doctrine in the very beginning of the church, and they were all labeled as heretics. There is no such thing as this. 
It is the same God who loves us. He loved us in the Old Testament. He loves us in the New Testament because he's the same person. And Jesus came to clarify that. He said, if you see me, you've seen the Father. Everything that I do, I only do what I see my Father do. Did you see Jesus going around wiping people out? No, he was going around healing them. They were being wiped out by sin and he was healing them. They want, they goaded him to be that guy that they thought God was and he was not going to do it. They goaded him. They tried to get him to do it. Oh, and then they started to slander the Son of God and lie about him and say different things about him. But that was the sin. That was the chastisement of our peace that was upon him. By his wounds we are healed. So he took that into himself so that we would be healed. So he took all that pain on himself. So this is the way that God does it. He works in a mystery and he hides a thing until it's time for it to be shown. He does it every time. <laughs> he does this. He, it, like he said, everything that's hidden will be revealed. He's not talking about your sin. He cleansed you of your sin. Everything that's hidden is the things that he's hidden. And then he will reveal them. They'll be shattered from the rooftops. How are they shattered from the rooftops? Jesus has come. He saved you from your sin. He doesn't hold your sin against you. You, you are free. That's all that that proclamation is saying. That shattered from the rooftops. But for a time, it was hidden. Nobody knew. They didn't even know their own language for a while. They didn't, couldn't even talk to each other. They were a complete hot mess. Why is that? Because sin messes everything up. It twists it and disfigures it and turns it into something it was never supposed to be, so it's broken. But it wasn't broken beyond repair because God knew what was needed to fix the whole thing, and he put it in at the very beginning of the creation, who is Jesus, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Jesus did not come into being when he was born. He was incarnated when he was born. He was incarnated. That's why you use that word, incarnation. Incarnation means it was in another realm and it has manifested in this one. In a way, you are incarnate, right? Because you are a spirit, but you incarnated in a body. And that was what created your soul, which is what you always have a problem with. <laughs> because your soul is really not smart and it needs to be taught the things of the spirit because it only goes one track. It's a lower realm. And it cannot know the higher realm, but it can be shepherded, right? It can be, right? It doesn't matter what you're in, whether a religious storm <laughs> or a regular, just normal worldly storm, whatever it is, you can always shepherd your soul down into that place of rest and come out of that place of turmoil within the, within the soul realm or bring your body under. You have pain in your body. Bring it into subjection to the spirit. You are one spirit with the Lord. Bring your body. Is it pain? Is it whatever it is? Bring it into subjection and you will receive within your body the life that comes from the Spirit. Because the life comes from God. So your life comes from God. So when your body is healed, that's the same life that comes down from the top over you. Why does the oil start on the top of the head? And then it runs down over the body. That's how, that when they would anoint people, they wouldn't do this. They would do that. <laughs> they pour it on you and it would go down on the beard, you know, and it was the oil, right? So oil is, is like healing. It's this type of the spirit. It's a type of healing. When you receive the spirit, that's the oil. You may feel the oil. Some people have oil appear in their hands. A lot of people do that. You know, when they're in the, in the spirit, sometimes people look down and both their hands are covered in oil. Brother Hagen used to have this happen a lot. He would just sit there in service and he'd be like, yep, and there would oil would appear. It's the oil of the Spirit. It's just a manifestation 
a physical manifestation of the reality of where you are. So, you know, and he would have that oil in his hands and what would Brother Hagen do or others? And you can do the same thing. He would lay hands on people's heads. And when, that, when his hand was laid on their head, they would be healed. Why is that? It's not Brother Hagen. It's not Kenneth Hagen. It's not me or you. It's the spirit. You become, basically, in a way, you become a channel for the life of God that's flowing through you. So that same life that's flowing through you can, can flow through your hand into another person or just flow right down into all the organs, all the parts of your body that need it. And now you've received the life of God just by faith. Why? Jesus already did it. So what we're doing is we're connecting with the life that he brought. So God is bringing us into this revelation that not only was, was Jesus preserved, but he preserves all of us. No one is lost. We lost him. When did you lose him? Last year we lost him. Well, where'd he go? I don't know. He's dead. Well, he's not lost. <laughs> you can't say that. It's not true. They're not lost. You know where they are. They're preserved. You're preserved. Everyone is preserved by Yahweh. He knows how to preserve things. Remember? What does he say? He's preserving. I have, he preserved himself a body. And guess what? Death. Is trying to get his body. He's like, no, I don't think so. He'd be like, I got him. He's down. He's in the grave. I got him. And the Holy Spirit's like, nope. I don't think so. <laughs> Boom, he's back, right? And now death no longer has any hold on him at all. Once you beat that one, that's it. You're done. That's the last one. You know, I overcame this, I overcame that. Once you overcome death, done. That's the last enemy. The Bible says it very clearly. Now you're immortal. Okay, so Jesus is immortal. There are other immortals. He's not the only one. We know that because the Bible says it. There's other immortals. Enoch is an immortal. <laughs> we know that. And, and he reached out beyond time and received the life of Christ before Christ came because he knew the whole history of man from beginning to end. Remember, he says that. How could he receive life and go through that flaming sword back into the garden again is by receiving Christ. He saw Christ. He says it. This is a book written before Christ, by the way. So we know this. It's in there. It's very clear. Okay, so, so you can do the same thing because you actually know. We actually have the message. We didn't have to go in a, a spirit travel into the heavens to read the books. We actually have it here on the earth now. It was in heaven, but now it's on the earth. And that's the record of Christ because it happened inside of time. So he preserved himself into that time in which incarnation. So the word, according to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, became flesh. So let's look at that. This is my scripture for today. You know, we start with this. If you have your Bibles, please turn to the Gospel of John. <clears throat> all right. In the origin, all right, John 1, in the origin. So we're talking about the beginning. So again, like I said, he did, he preserved him, he preserved it. He preserved the line because in the origin, the beginning, in the origin, the word was existing and the word himself was exi existing next to God and God himself existed being the word. So this is where you see the word, which, you know, who, who is the word? Yeshua, Jesus, right? Jesus is the word. It's just, he's talking about a person, but he's using the word, the logos, Okay. You have a thought, you have a word, you have an action. Father, Son, Spirit. Okay? That's how it works. 
So in the origin, the word was existing and the word was existing next to God and God himself existed being the word. This one was existing in the origin next to God. So when was Jesus in the origin (laughs) with God? Because he's the word. This is the apostle John, okay? Now, the apostle John knew. The apostle John heard the frequency that comes. And some say cardionosis, heart, Knowledge, where was John? He was right next to his heart. It says it in the Bible. He put his head right up next to him. It's a thought. Was John picking up cardionosis? It's a thought. I heard it the other day. I was like, might be something. I don't know. Just a theory. Just a theory. So this is John. This is him. Yes, I believe that it is. that is the case. I don't have anything written here to tell me that. All happens by his hand. And apart from him, not even one thing has happened. Not even one thing has happened. Nothing happens apart from him. Oh, you're so far away from the Lord. Nobody's far away from the Lord. Actually, that's the exact opposite of what Paul said when he was on uh, Mars Hill. He said, you're not far away from him. (laughs) He's right here. He's the unknown God. As a matter of fact, he's so close, you actually wrote a little... You have a little a little altar for him right here. You don't know him. He's called the unknown God. I'm here to tell you about him. You see, it's it's exactly what the Bible says, everybody. <laughs> I'm just going to read the Bible. We just read it for what it says. Okay. So everything happens by his hand, and apart from him, not even one thing has happened ever. Nothing has ever happened apart from him. Nothing has ever happened that was not a part of his hand. People say, what about this? And what about that? And what about the other thing? Why did God allow this? Why did... Because there are certain things that were inevitable, they had to happen. Why is that? Because of the effect of sin. But there is a restoration of all things and all things will be well, which is what we learn. Because Jesus is the alpha, but Jesus is also the omega. The omega is the finished. So when you come into maturity, there is a beginning, a middle, and an end. Because the word is alpha and omega, then we know that he finishes the thing he starts. He preserves the thing that he makes. He nurtures that thing until it grows, until it finishes. That's us. That's all of this creation. The whole thing will be started and then it will be finished. But right here, John is showing you as the alpha in the origin, the word was next to God, with God, is God. You see, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Spirit. Right now, we work with the Spirit here on the earth. Jesus sent the Spirit, so we speak by the Spirit. We do by the Spirit. We know revelation by the Spirit because it's the Spirit of God here with us. Jesus said, I go away, right? Now, we know Jesus, and you can go to see him, right? But he's not here physically right now, but the Spirit is here because he sent the Spirit because we're being instructed, nurtured, maturing through the supply that the Spirit brings, like a mother. That's what the Bible says. The Spirit is like, the, like a mother, okay? Teaching, taking care of the children. As the children are growing, we're learning about ourselves. You're learning about who your father is. You're learning about what family you are in. You're learning about the responsibilities that you will take on as you grow. And you are giving... Um, kingdom governmental responsibility now jesus showed us love one another he showed us he's given us the basics 
You know, this is love. Not that we love God, that, but that he loved us. And he sent his son for us, right? That we would live through him. We live through his love. See, all these other ideas, men's ideas, broken ideas. Why are they broken? Because they're ideas that we created out of our soul, out of a mindset that was foreign to the knowledge of God. Now we are in this place in him where we are realizing who we are, but we're instructed not out of our own intellect, but by the Spirit. The Spirit gives us the words. Where do you think John knows this? By the Spirit. (laughs) He wrote this down, by the Spirit. This is how we know things. We can't figure it all out on our own. We are given a grace, and that grace gives us revelation in regards to what we've been brought into, and what we've been brought into is Christ. So, in him is life. Remember I said life comes from the top down, right? The top, the head. The head is Christ. If you need life, you get your life from the head that comes down from the head to the rest of, the, of your being. Soul, body, the whole thing is covered through the head. The blood of Jesus runs through you. The oil of the Spirit flows through you. Why is that? Because healing comes through you. Revelation comes through you. It all comes by the Spirit. So he preserved himself in this way, but he didn't exist when he was born, he is the word, the origin. He's in the origin. <laughs> so like when you get the ingredients and you're putting together your, your cake, and let's say it was the earth and you're going to add eggs. Well, the eggs were in at the beginning. So that's why there's eggs in it now. <laughs> it didn't just exist when the, ba- when the cake was done. It existed in the beginning when you were stirring up the ingredients. So the word is in the beginning. <laughs> but eventually... The little, you know, what's a turkey? The little timer went pop. Turkey's done. Incarnation. Okay? I mean, it's a simple way of saying it. But, you know, you know. So to understand, you know, the coming of Jesus, which is probably September-ish, I'm guessing, somewhere in that time. Um, when he came, it was amazing, you know. So, but again, that's the incarnation. So we have the, the shepherds. They know, right? The shepherds were the priests. We have the magi. They knew. They studied under Daniel. They were magicians, basically. Wizards. <laughs> and they studied the stars. They all knew. The angels sang. The angels knew. You know, so they were all there. Now, the, you know, the, you know, just to clarify, because we always have to do this every year. The, the Magi came when he was two, right? So we have that. There weren't three of them. There were three gifts, according to the scripture, but there weren't three of them. It could have been, who knows? Could have been three dozen. Could have been, could have been a hundred Magi. We have no idea. You know, could have been one Magi. It wasn't one, though. Had to be at least at least two, <laughs> but it could have, yeah, could have it could have been way more, yeah. So it could it could have been a hundred, could have been two hundred, yeah, yeah. It could have been a couple hundred, could have been a couple hundred uh, magi that came out to see Jesus when he was two, right? So, so he was older. He's a little toddler running around. Hopefully not terrible, you know, twos. But he was, you know, he was two. He's having a good time. He's with his mom and dad, probably playing with some toys or something. And here come these magi, right? But then we know that, you know, in, in the manger, you know, he was in the manger, and we do know that during that time is when there were shepherds. And we know that those were the, those were the uh, priests, the shepherd priests that were in the field. Right.
so that it didn't hit anything, so, so that it was very well wrapped up. So that, those those three um, shepherds knew because they had been those who would have been on the lookout, and that was their job to find that that little spotless lamb for the sacrifice to pay the price. You know, right. Right. So we have the we have the beginning and then we have the end. So the end is the manifestation of that thing in its full form. Um, but things happen in a seed, and I've taught on this, and then this is the key to everything. Everything starts with the dot. It starts with the seed. It starts with the beginning, right? So you start in the beginning, and then it's nurtured until it grows. Now, there are some things that are hidden that are in the beginning. There are other things in the creation right now that we do not know about, that I have not ever known about in the scriptures yet. But when it manifests, you're going to see it in the scripture. It's going to unlock and then you're going to be like, oh, it's been there the whole time. That's how he does it. They had these scriptures from the very beginning. And when Jesus came, he fulfilled every single one of them. There's so many Old Testament prophecies that are about the Messiah that Jesus fulfilled. It's mind-boggling. It just For people who refuse to believe in Jesus, it really ticks them off. They actually got rid of entire chapters in Isaiah just because they were so ticked off of the fact that it was so word for word, the manifestation of Jesus as the Messiah, that they just said, well, we don't read that, that chapter anymore. Now, they're not all like that, but people who refuse to believe when your heart is stubborn, it's stubborn until they get jealous of us, the ones that got grafted in to the olive tree, and then there's a change. So all of us are all coming in together. The Jews, the Gentiles, we're all together. We're all, we're all one family now. We've been brought together in one big family. Jews and Gentiles together, sharing the land, Israel, whatever. Jews and Gentiles together. We're all together on one big tree now an olive tree that God created. He's the one that grafted us in. We didn't graft ourselves into that tree. God did it through Christ. We were grafted in through him. You can't just say, oh, I'm part of that tree. Well, if you want to be a part of that tree apart from Christ, you're going to have to do all their traditions and stuff. Be circumcised, all this kind of stuff. It talks about it in the scripture. It goes, if you do that, you just forgot Christ. That's works, you know? That's the original teaching of the works doctrine were those that were trying to get into Christ by becoming a Jew through things that they did. And we're like, no. You were grafted in by Jesus. Peter, here's some bacon. Eat up. And he was like, what? You know, we. this is in the Bible. I'm kind of doing like a very high overview here. So I'm covering like deeper topics in just a couple of sentences. So, so here's where we're seeing ourselves now. Who else is preserved? And I'm, I already said this. Christ is preserved, but who else is preserved? You are preserved. You are preserved by Christ. Look at Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We're under his shadow. We're so close. We're under his wing. Here he is. We're the little chicks and we're under his wing. We're also preserved by Christ. God preserved himself and he preserves us. He doesn't lose anything. That bloodline is very important to him. Think how important that bloodline was to God. Nobody knew. 
No one knew. Trust me, if they would have known, they would have wiped out that bloodline if they could have. But God would not let it happen. You can't go against the nature of the thing. It just won't work. You'll eventually just run into a wall. And that's what happened there. So he preserved Christ. He preserved himself. He preserves us. The light himself enlightened the darkness, and the darkness has never overtaken him. Never. Why does darkness not overtake light? Because the second light appears, darkness is gone. Darkness is the absence of light. You cannot have darkness overcome light. A son of Adam was dispatched from God. His name was John. And so then he goes through this whole thing about John, about the light, about... But Christ is the origin. He's the origin of all things. John knew this. He didn't know Christ as a man. And, and the other thing is he has a physical body. Jesus has a physical body. It's not a spiritual body. He wasn't incarnated into a spiritual body. We're like, what is this baby you have? My hand goes right through him. Nope, I don't think so. Jesus incarnated in the flesh. It's so important to know this. There's so much bad teaching about your body, your physical body. Why would the Holy Spirit come and live in your physical body if your physical body is bad? The Holy Spirit is holy. Guess what happens when you realize the Holy Spirit has come to live in your temple? What happens to this body? It becomes holy, which is why in the, in the letters, Paul was instructing them, don't do things with your body in these ways. This is not good. <laughs> you don't join Christ with these, you know, ladies. You know what I'm saying? So that's the kind of stuff that we need to understand about our own lives. Oh, it doesn't matter what you do. Because if you think about it, if you treat your body that way, then it doesn't matter what you do in the body, does it? Now you got a problem. Because it does actually matter. <laughs> so you see what I'm saying? That teaching on um, uh, disregarding the body or teaching that the body's bad has some very serious repercussions later on down the line when you realize what the fruit of that teaching brings. So our bodies are important and holy to God. Why would he heal a body? If it wasn't important. Oh, just die and go to heaven, right? But he heals us. Oh, I don't know if he heals today. You have medicine. Well, yeah, but that's just, what is that? Well, where did you get your medicine from? Well, if you know from the Bible, you get medicine from the Lord. He gave us the ideas. Where did those plants come from? You think he, oops, oh, oh my goodness, angels, I didn't realize that plant would heal people. Maybe we should get rid of it. Oh, I can't put, yeah, I mean, come on, give me a break. Of course he knew that those plants were going to heal you. And if you read in Jubilees, if you believe in Jubilees, you know, Jubilees is interesting. Um, it talks about the fact that God showed Noah what plants would help heal his family because they were trying to kill everybody. And he said, he told the angel, go down and show them the plants. Show them how to put it together so that they can preserve their lives and they don't all die. Because the, in, the, in there, it said that the, that the devil, the demons, were trying to kill everybody through sickness. So he told Noah what, through the angels, what plants to use to preserve their lives. Now we actually have healing from Jesus too. And we have plants. We have all sorts of stuff. We have many ways to receive our healing. But, the, but see, the point of all this is that the body is important. It's important to have a body because you need one to be here. True. And this is a good place to be. 
Everybody likes this place. This is a very interesting place to a lot of people because it's quite a sight to see. It's physicality. They don't all have that, you know? So this phys physical, we call it physicality. There's other words for it I guess you could use, but for our modern way of thinking it, physicality is cool. <laughs> and you need a body to be in the physical world. Once you lose your body, you're not in the physical world anymore. You go to, you go into the spiritual world, right? And that's not, uh, that's not as cool. <laughs> so again, and we're going to get our bodies. Everyone who, everyone who's sleeping right now, who doesn't have their bodies, aren't in their bodies anymore, they will all eventually go back into their bodies. And the Bible's clear about that. That's called the resurrection. So, but it's great to be in your body. Stay in your body. Don't try to leave your body. It's a bad idea. Stay in it. Fulfill what God has put in you, in your record, because there's a record of you. Do that thing. Do it. You're going to love it when you do it. Anything other than that, any other ideas you had about your life, it's not cool. Think about what Jesus did. He had his record. He knew what his record was. People are like, well, he's the Messiah. Of course he has a record. But you have a record too. We all have a record. Was not, I mean, think about it. He's the word. So there's a much, <laughs> there's many other angles. Look at that too. But don't you know you were God's idea? You're God's idea. It was God's idea. That's why you're here. So he had an idea of cool things that you would like. He said, I built into them this, this, and this. They love this. This is part of their record. And they're going to actually demonstrate my love and, and show everybody how much I love them through the, the work that they do in their life. Because that is, is a uh, reciprocation of what they've received from me out into the world. And now many people will be blessed through them and they're going to enjoy the things that I made too. Again, physicality is super cool. Everybody thinks it's cool. Everybody likes it. Everybody likes what God has made. There's a lot of lying things out there telling people stuff that's not true. But God has told us that this is good. He said it himself. He said it's cool. The physical world is good. It's really good and cool. And you should like it. Because I like it. And it's nice. <laughs> that's what he said. So you can't get like over spiritual people like, oh, you're so, so spiritual. I'll be like, yeah, but spiritual means the physical world is good. It is good. Oh, this old world's not good. No, he said it's good. Now, there's some things in the world that aren't good. Death isn't good. Death is bad. Very bad. It's the worst of the worst. And Jesus, thankfully, defeated death for us. So, now that's taken care of. So now we can move on enjoying our lives. <laughs> so anyway, so I just wanted to share that. I wanted to show us how Christ is in the creation from the beginning. God preserved the bloodline even to the, because there's other details to this, obviously, right? Because you have the word as just an overarching, you know, concept, you know, which has got a lot too, which I'm not going to talk about. But then we also have this, the, the actual manifestation of it where he prophesied through um, Eve, Satan would be destroyed. Because Satan is the, is, all sin comes from Satan. That's why it says that um, you will crush his head, talking to Eve. I'm talking about in Genesis. He said to Eve, his seed will crush your head, talking to Satan. So Satan, who, when the head is crushed, the power is destroyed. So there's no power of sin over you anymore because of Jesus, because he crushed Satan's head. He lost all his authority in the earth completely. The only authority he had, people say, well, people are listening to Satan doing Satan. That's because they decided to. He can't take them. They have to give that to him. Remember what I said at the beginning, they all want to sacrifice. They have to give that to him. So he has to give them a deal. 
I'm going to give you a deal. You do this and this, I'll give you this. He's lying. He tried to make a deal with Jesus. Jesus is like, no, you don't tempt God. What is wrong with you? Get out of here. <laughs> it's like some, you know, bozo kid comes in saying the craziest, get out of here, kid. You're nuts. But anyway, Jesus crushed, because he, you know, he had power behind what he said too. Um, but Satan had his own power, right? So he was giving him legit temptations. These were real temptations he was giving him. But Jesus is like, no, don't tempt the Lord your God. He, he told Satan that he was trying to tempt Yahweh. <laughs> that's, that's bad. <laughs> that's really bad. So he's not going to get him to do that, right? He's not going to do it because he's sinless. He's holy. So that sinless holiness comes down through us now through Christ. So we don't, we're not, we don't miss anything because God didn't miss anything. We're not going to lose anything because God won't let anything be lost. He preserves us. He preserves everything he's given us and he will fulfill it until it's Omega. Okay. Once it hits Omega, it's, it's done and you will see it and you will know how beautiful it is because you will say, look what God has done. This is a beautiful thing that he has made. You see, and that's the way it always works. So Jesus, through time, manifested in the flesh, incarnate, physical, is good. That's why he's in a body, because it's good. <laughs> Taken up into glory. And now that's where we are going with him, up into the glory realm. That's where we live in his heart, in heaven. Put your mind above, not on the earth. Put your mind on things above, on the glory that is in the heavenly on the place that we are, in the heart of God and in his love. And that way we can see who we really are. We are created in his image, his likeness, and he will preserve everything that he has made. Amen? All right, Father, we thank you for <laughs> bringing us into the party with you. And we just in enjoy you. We enjoy just loving Jesus and loving what you've made beautiful things that you've created that is that are in us as you're working through us we love you so much and we thank you for being the light that shined in the darkness in jesus name amen <laughs>